I just felt like that song really just spoke something to my heart. How many of you know it's good to have a place to belong to? No, I mean that. It, it's good to have, you know, I meet people all the time and inevitably it comes up, where are you from? In other words, they're saying, where's your connection? Where do you belong? Where, where are you coming from? You know, where's, where's your roots, you know? And, of course, I tell people I was raised in a military family, so home was wherever our, my clothes were. We moved so much. But it's good to have a place that you belong to. And Life Church is family. I said, Life Church, we're family. But you know what's great about family? Is families continue to grow. I'll never forget the first time I found out I was going to be a daddy. I remember when I found out I was going to be a grandpa. And then the next one, next one, I was like, let them all come on. You know, letting the family grow. And, and churches do the same thing. People come and go because of jobs and things like that. But, but we're family. There's no exclusivity in God's family. 
I said, there's no exclusivity. In other words, everyone belongs. <laughs> we belong to him. And if we belong to him, we belong to one another. We're family. Okay? Well, I have a couple of announcements to make this morning. Then we're going to go back to, for one more song and before I come and bring the message. I came here uh, as pastor a little over 15 years ago. And those few people who are here that are here now that were here at that time will remember that things were pretty dire. And um, but God had a word. And how many of you know God doesn't lie about his word? And sometimes we wonder why God this and why God this and what about this and what about this? And God says, can you just trust me? How many of you know that's, that's what faith is? It's trusting him. It's believing in him, trusting him and everything. Well, shortly after I came here, this young fella came walking through the door who had recently come to know Jesus, got to know his story. He's been among us now for almost right at 15 years, isn't it, brother? I mean, I think it was within a couple months of what my coming here, he showed up. And I'm talking about Brother Micah Magnum. Brother Micah, I want you to come stand up here if you would. I've come to love this man like my own son. I've seen him grow. Come on, Emily. I've seen him grow, and I've seen God just do miraculous things in his life. Those of you that don't know, Brother Micah has been serving for the last three-plus years now as our youth leader. In fact, he's done this on three different occasions. I mean, when he came, he was almost a youth. What you, you was 19? Just to... He was almost like, in fact, he, he was probably the only person we had that even looked like youth at that time because we didn't, we didn't have any youth in the church, none. We had old folks, older folks, I should say, and folks with little children and nobody in between. We didn't. So we saw him. He was like, oh, we got some youth in the church now. And uh, But Brother Micah has been faithful to this fellowship and this family for so long. And when we've needed someone to step in to work with our youth, we've had several youth pastors come and go or youth leaders come and go. Brother Mike has always been there. And I go to him and say, how much you love me? He goes, oh, I know what you're going to ask. I said, look, I need somebody who loves Jesus and loves young people just to go in and love on these kids and be their youth leader and every time he's stepped up to the plate and he's done it and every time he's always reminded me at different portions of time if you ever find somebody else that's better more qualified whatever just tell me but i keep telling him i said man you've been doing, you've been loving on them kids and i can't ask for anything better than someone just to love on people because look I used to be a youth pastor, and I can tell you, there's a lot of kids that are out there that are hurting. 
and they're looking for someone. They're looking for acceptance. Anyway, Micah has been our youth leader this last time for three plus years or so. And, um, but we're coming to a little season change, huh? A little bit of a seasonal change. Look, I wrote notes and I can't even read them. I got to put my glasses on. And, um, in fact, the last, what, year and a half or two, Emily Roussard has been working with Micah up there, and she was a tremendous asset because, you know, uh, her being there to help, especially when there was young ladies in the group, and, and uh, she, she was there to add another perspective and to help and, and um, I'm, I just can't say enough for, the, for this couple right here. And, um, but recently, Brother Micah has gone through a, a kind of a job turnaround, upside down. And, and uh, I won't name the company, but found himself recently. He'd worked his way up into higher management, and then all of a sudden, major layoffs came with the company. And, he found himself without a job. And I realized at that point, God had been stirring in my heart for a couple of months. There was a change coming, but I didn't, I've learned over the years, don't get ahead of God. Can I give you some advice today? If I don't give you anything else, don't get ahead of God. You'll create an Ishmael when God wants to give you an Isaac. If you don't know what I'm talking about, come ask me. I'm telling you. And so, uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks, uh, I brought Micah in and I said, Brother, I, I said, I appreciate you so much and love you so much for what you have done, but there's a, I see a change. And in, in, in my major concern was because of his job situation, really, that I said, tomorrow or next week or three weeks from now, you could get a position with a company and you're gone. And all of a sudden, I've got all these young people who are on fire for God, and and I, I've got a a void, and I, I, I'm so I have to back up and look at the bigger picture. How many of you know? That sometimes when you're in leadership, you have to make decisions that are hard. And I didn't really want to say this, but I had to tell him. And he was, I'm just telling you, he's the man that he's always said he was, and he just said, Pastor, I've always said, if you have somebody else, just tell me, and I'll just step aside. And, and I wanted to call this couple up and just honor them for what they have done. And I heard there, there's a, another future here, right? Because you two just got engaged, right? We, we talked about it the other day when we were up here when we were talking and he he kind of hinted at the end about about this and I'm thinking down the road somewhere or whatever and and uh, but so I just couldn't be any happier for the two of you but I wanted to pay honor to you to you both for what you have done you have sown seeds and you have watered 
and you have done a phenomenal job with our young people and life church is better because of you too Amen. and would you just stand if you can I want to pray for them because I can tell you that seasons change but God doesn't and I can tell you that what God has done in the past is for preparation for what God wants to do in the future see nothing goes to waste when you follow God with your heart nothing goes to waste he'll he'll use what he did here and here and here and what he taught you here and here and here because he has something out here that we don't know anything about yet and this couple has given their lives and their heart to these young people we they announced it to, to the young people Wednesday this past Wednesday night but this is a formal announcement today that they will be stepping aside as leaders I don't know if they're going to be stepping aside and, and helping or whatever but that's neither here nor there I have a feeling that they got bigger plans on the horizon but would you stretch your hands out towards Micah and towards Emily and would you just speak blessing over both of them right now Father, I thank you for this couple. I thank you for this young man who I've known almost 15 years now. And I've seen you do such a mighty and powerful work in his life. From that day where he found himself with him in the Bible and no place to go. And he met you, Jesus. I thank you for his heart. I thank you for his servant heart and, and his desire to be used of God by you in any way or circumstance and he has done that when someone has come in he has stepped aside when they've left he's stepped back in he's done that dance but God in it you have been preparing him for the call that you have upon his life and I thank you for Emily who's been right hand to Micah to the young women in the in the youth group that her life has been a beacon of, of steadfastness and showing the favor of God I've watched her grow over these years too and, and mature into the young woman of God that she is now, Lord, we have news that they're engaged to be married. And, Father, I thank you that your purpose and plan for their lives is already mapped out with you. But, God, they must follow you one step at a time, one day at a time. And we just speak blessing over them. We speak favor, that your favor would rest upon them individually and as a couple. And that, God, that you would do that which you can only do that you bring about your purpose and plan for the future of their lives i thank you for what they have sown and you god said that if we sow in good ground it'll bring forth fruit 
God, they've sown into your ministry, into your work, and it has already brought forth good fruit, but the future yield will be greater than what they've already seen. And I thank you for each of them and what they have done. And we ask that you bless them with all the riches of heaven and the glory of your namesake, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Would you honor them right now? Well, you can be seated. So some of you are thinking, okay, so if they're stepping aside, what's going on? I'm going to ask, Nick, would you and your family come on to pack this time? It is, again, this was announced Wednesday in youth, but we want to make a formal announcement at this time. Come on up. This is uh, Nick and Hannah Helton. Their oldest child, Callie, and I guess your other two are upstairs in Children's Church. They have three children. And uh, let me see, I gotta get these names right. You messed me up with the K thing. It's Callie, and wait a minute, I wrote it all down so I don't forget, get it wrong. Camden and Canaan, but Canaan's got the C. See, I, I had Callie with a C. Messed me up. But we've known, I have personally known this, this couple for many years. Um, Hannah, you're the youngest in your family, right? And, and her daddy is pet, Pastor Singley, who served at Northside Assembly in Crowley for the last 35 years, 38 years, yeah. And and um, that's been the only church you've known. And so we sat down with uh, Nick and Hannah uh, a couple Monday nights ago and had about a three and a half hour discussion and talk and listened to their heart. But God's been doing a stirring in their own life, I can tell you that. You know, there's a lot of times we get anxious because we... We feel a change or we feel something and we don't know what to do about it. And so we just jump out. Listen, when it's time to leave the nest, God has a way of pushing you out. And until then, you kind of wait. And so we sat down and talked. And the truth be known, several years ago, I tried to hire them to come here as youth pastors. But you know what? The timing wasn't right. How many of you know the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing? <laughs> And this time it was right, and it was, it was God. So we are proud to announce that they will be coming and working with their youth and picking up the baton that Micah and Emily are handing off to them. Nick has done everything. To, he's in the process of receiving his credentialing. As a, as a credentialed minister with the Assemblies of God, Hannah's been brought up that way all her life, and uh, her children too. And we're excited to say the Life Church family is growing. 
by their addition and coming here. Both of them have full-time jobs. Hannah's a nurse in home health care. Nick works with Slimco and has a very good position with them. And so they are part-time, understand that. Micah was part-time. That's where we're at right now in the church. But as the church grows, that may change. But we're thankful. Their home, he told me, if I take the back roads, your house is what? 15, 20 minutes at the most. I'm thinking, you're doing better than most of the people that live in Lafayette that come here. They're like 30, 40 minutes trying to fight the traffic. You can come the back roads and get here quick. So it just fit. The timing was right. Everything was right. And we're thrilled to welcome them to Life Church. And so would you once again stand? And will you extend your hand as we pray over them and as we welcome them? Father, we just thank you that in your timing, everything works out. For you said that you're working all things together for our good according to your purpose in Christ Jesus. And so, Father, we thank you in this time of transition. Seasons come and seasons go. But God, the people you bring in our lives, they remain forever. And we're not saying, we're not closing the door on one chapter and opening a door on another. We're just picking up where the story has got, come from all these years. And just like in a regular novel or something, the climax of, of the story is still towards the end. That means, God, things are still going to get better and better and better and better and that's true with the church that's true in our youth ministry that's true in our children's ministry every aspect God of our lives so we bless this couple we thank them because they are leaving what they have known for the unknown but God what they do know is you and that where you lead you provide where the grace of God leads us, the provision of God always is there. Your presence is the provision we desire more than anything else. And I pray for them as I pray for Mike and Emily, the peace of God, let it rule their hearts and lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Would you welcome them this morning? So like Pastor Bob said, um, sorry. Northside also meant a lot to me because it's where I got saved 15 years ago when I met this beautiful lady on my side right here. And uh, it was a huge part of my growth and my walk with God. And you know, these aren't tears of sadness, these are tears of joy. Because you know when you're called to do something, and you've tried, you've tried to open doors yourself. Um, but in the moment, whenever you step back and you really just let God, you know, we sing songs like let go and let God. We say things like that. But I'm here to tell you this morning that if you really do let go and let God, that he's the good shepherd, that he'll lead you where he wants you to go. He won't guide you into danger. He's going to guide you. 
in a scripture that I heard last Sunday at my church whenever I was telling them it would be my last Sunday there was Psalms 34-7. And this is where I'm at right now in my life because this is what got me to this point with Psalms 34-7. It said, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So if you're here this morning and there's something inside of you, just delight yourself in the Lord and he'll lead you, he'll guide you. I want to say thank you to Pastor Bob and Pastor Elliot, the board, the church, for welcoming my family here. <clears throat> and quick plug, if you don't have youth, if you have youth that hasn't been yet, have them come, man, check it out. I'm excited to see what God's going to do. Um, the vision, the passion, um, just, I'm just excited for this new season. And uh, we thank you guys for your prayers and thank you guys for welcoming us here today. Thank you. When all is lost and hope is dry When all I feel is cold I'm coming back to your presence I'm coming back to your presence This world can never satisfy Longing in my soul When all is lost and hope is dry when all I feel is cold, I'm coming back to your presence. I'm coming back to your presence. Cause there's a hunger and a thirst. And I am desperate. He must be.
step without your presence we thank you for the Holy Spirit who comes and lives inside of us and lets us know that God you're still at work in our lives we're not arrived yet but we're moving towards the fulfillment of the promise that when you come and take us away to be with you we're singing, sweep me away. Well, I'm thankful there's coming a day when a trumpet's going to sound. And he's going to sweep away his church. He's going to bring them to be with him. That's what the Bible says. But until that time comes, he's, he's put us here and he says, occupy the land. We're not hiding in the four corners somewhere, the far corner, the back 40 or whatever. He says, occupy the land. Be a force in the land. And that's what we are as a church, as the body of Christ. We're to be a force to be reckoned with. The kingdom of darkness knows it. 
but does God's people know it? Well, that's what we're here to tell you. Amen. Thank you, Father. Now open our hearts and open our minds. Give us understanding this morning as we look to your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Why don't you turn to two or three people and just tell them, you're a force to be reckoned with. Amen. Hallelujah. We're glad that you could be here this morning. We're excited about what God is doing. I said we're excited about what God is doing. And uh, I hope you want to be a part of what God is doing. I invite you to come back tonight at 5.30. I'll be preaching tonight a message the Lord gave me yesterday. Just, I had all day to myself. My wife was at a women's retreat and, you know, for a day and a half. And I was home by myself and I said, Lord, we've got a group of folks down in New Orleans and they're working down there and witnessing to people down there celebrating the flesh. And I said, but uh, God, tomorrow night, you got people coming, and I don't know who's coming, but I need a word from you. And the Holy Spirit dropped the word in my heart, and I'll be ministering tonight on how desperate are you. You need to bring people who are desperate in their life. Desperate. They're in desperate situation, desperate circumstances. Their, their soul is torn up on the inside. It's like the enemy is just, putting them through the ringer, I'm telling you, God has something he wants to do tonight. And I hope that you'll come and be a part of it because God has a word for you. You say, well, I'm not, I, I'm a Christian and I love Jesus. Well, there's a word for you there too. So I hope you'll come and be here at 530. You know, a lot of people, they look at the sign change and at the times and they'll see Sunday morning this and Sunday night this and they think it's the same message for both services because that's what a lot of churches do. Just multiple services, different, you know, same message. But no, we have two different things. And I'm expecting God to do great things tonight. Started a little series last week called Let God Arise. And, and so I've kind of subtitled this today, When God Leads. Understanding his promise and purpose, we're only going to get halfway through it because it would be too much at one time, all right? So, but when God arise, when, when, when the word would go through the camp of Israel that God is arising, we talked about it last week, that God would basically gave the people of Israel three days to pick up their encampment, pick up everything that they have, and get ready to move. And when the, when the cry of the Spirit says, it's time to arise, there's a new season that's coming into your life, then God is saying he's getting ready to lead us from one territory of victory into a new territory of victory. And I want to tell you something about God. God is never a follower. God is always the leader. You know, I'm just telling you, you know, it's the way it is. If you get ahead of God, you got things backwards and you're really headed for trouble. 
He's a superior leader. When you contrast Moses leading the Israelites through the wilderness or Joshua leading the people into the promised land, let me show you three things. And this isn't in the outline. I'm sorry. This all came to me yesterday, this part. So you may want to take a picture of it or you may just skip it or just write it down, whatever. But God leads from a position of inherent strength. And what I mean by that is he does not draw support from his followers. Like a politician. A politician draws support from his followers. If he ain't got no followers, he ain't leading, he's just out for a walk. Right? But God does not need my support in that he to be a leader. He is God. He is the he is the highest. He is the ultimate. Moses needed the strength of the 70 elders for him to be able to lead the people of Israel. He was trying to kill himself. He was trying to handle every little thing. He couldn't do it. But God leads from a position of inherent strength. The second thing is that God leads from a position of experience. For he and he alone has been this way before. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end and everything in between. He knows the end before we even know where the beginning is. He's leading from experience. Moses admitted to God, he said, I, this is your people and I'm in an unfamiliar territory. You've got to lead us. So what did God do? He gave him a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day, rock that brought water out. He fed a manna in the wilderness. I mean, when God would arise and he would move into a new place or a new territory, his provision and his blessing came along with it. The third thing is that I would tell you is, is that God leads from a position of inherent authority. In other words, there is Moses and Joshua had authority that was conferred upon them by God. But nobody lays hands on God and gives him authority because he is the ultimate in authority. Okay? So you need to understand this because there is no higher authority known to mankind than God's authority. And we as the church need to understand that God is a perfect leader and he, he, he's not desperate for you and me, but he invites us to participate and partner with him with what he's doing here on earth. We desperately need his leadership in our lives. When Israel didn't know their way through the desert, God led them. Can I tell you, we're just like Israel. Every single one of us. We don't know what tomorrow has or what God's plan is or what direction may happen, what circumstance will come about, what situation will take place. You don't know. And what you need is a God who's already been there who already knows tomorrow, already knows what the plan is for your life, and that he, we just need to recognize that we need him. We sang that in that last song. We need you, Lord. God will lead us every step of the way. In Psalm 68, verses 7 through 9, there are six aspects of God's leadership. We're only going to look at three of them. And the first one is this, and that is that God goes before us. God goes before David cried in verse 7, he said, it said, Oh God, you went before your people. 
And in the Jewish Targum, which, which is an addition to the Jewish law, it says, and it clarified it. In other words, it, it takes Jewish writings and helps bring clarity to it. And so what, he, the, what he's saying here, Oh God, you went before the, your people in the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. He, he's, he's helping them to understand this. It is a picture of God as the head of the Israelites leading and guiding and directing them through the wilderness of Egypt to the promised land. They'd never been that way before. Even Moses didn't know how to lead them because Moses had never been that way before. Moses knew Mount Sinai, from, but that from that point on, he didn't know anything. He had never traversed that way before. How many of you know you can't go where you, you can't lead people where you've never been? But the Holy Spirit, God's resident person inside of us, the person, the Godhead inside of us, he knows, he knows the terrain. He knows everything about it. Have you ever gone with somebody somewhere and, and they're going, I know how to get there. So you take their word for it and you're on a trip and, and then they're going down the road and they're going, I think it's this road. You sure? I'll I, I tell you a real quick story. Years ago when I lived in South Louisiana and was starting a new church, I sold, I sold insurance for a company that was here in the state to supplement, to bring for income because when you start a church and you don't have any people, there's no money, you know. I mean, you know, if you're a preacher, there's no money. So a hundred times nothing's nothing, right? So, I mean, I learned that in school. So anyway, God opened the door for me in the area that we were planting a church and I was selling insurance. And so uh, he's, my, my manager told me, he said, now sometimes the people won't send their money in. They're, they're old Cajun folks down on the bayou, and maybe they're out trapping or catching catfish or whatever. And, and he said, you have to go get the money from them, or otherwise their policy going to lapse. And so I said, okay. And so I said, well, how do I find them? Well, the first time he, he, he tried to take me, but he said, look, there's directions on in the book and one of the I was down in Pierre Part anybody know where Pierre Part is can I tell you if you don't know Pierre Part you're in trouble and so in the book it said go down the road past the certain store about two miles and on the right you'll see a wood frame house it's painted purple and got two old wash machines on the porch. Turn right. Go down about another mile, and you'll see a house that's green. And got two old cars up on blocks. Turn left. And go down, and then you're going to see a tree that splits about three ways. And the house is right by the tree that splits three ways. I'm thinking, man, I can find, I can find this. I got good sense of direction. I'm headed down that bayou road. Mile went by, two mile went by, three mile went by, four mile, five mile, until I got to a dead end. And I didn't pass no purple house anywhere. And man, I drove all over the place. I was, I was, I was lost. I mean, I said I, they didn't have GPS back then, and I'm not even sure GPS works out there. You know what I'm saying? And 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 so I, I'm I'm all over the place looking for this house, and I finally find myself back to where I started. And I was relieved because I was like, it, it's dark out here, you know. And I, I don't, but they didn't have cell phones back then. I mean, this is a long time ago, okay. And so uh, 
I go back in the store, and I said, look, I'm trying to find these people. He said, oh, they just live two miles down the road, and you take a right. And I said, oh, I know all that. I said, but I, I went down to the house that was purple, and there ain't no purple house. He said, oh, they painted it last week. <laughs> I said, what color is it now? He said, pink. Well, how was I supposed to know? He said, well, it wasn't supposed to be pink, but the color they painted over the purple made the house pink. I'd never been that way before, and the directions didn't help me any. But can I tell you, God knows everything about your life. He knows exactly what he's got planned out. He knows where he's leading you, and here's what you need to understand. First application is simple. God goes before us. We merely follow him. You'll never get in trouble with God leading, you know, except and it's the same as for Israel, except he was geographically leading them, but he's leading Christians, he's leading believers, followers of him in, a, in their spiritual walk, and he's bringing them from point A to point B, and no amount of desire on my part or your part is going to make him change his position. How many of you have had a better idea about how things should have gone in your life than what God has done in your life? You know, I say, God, here's the plan. And I lay it all out for him. See, see how this will work? I mean, it's, it, it's great, God. This will work this way. And God goes, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. No, we ain't doing that. And then when it doesn't work, you know, we get all upset and uh, angry and like, God, you failed me. He goes, no, you just didn't stick to the map. You didn't stick to the plan that I had. And unless God leads us, you cannot make the smallest move. See, I learned this the hard way years ago. I learned when God gives a vision, doesn't mean he wants you to jump on it right then. When he gives you a word, sometimes you're best to keep that word to yourself. Well, here's what we do. God, God, God give us a word or God give us a vision about something. And we go out and start blabbing it all over the place. And this and this and this. And then people are going, well, I don't see you doing that. I don't see you happening. Well, I don't see that happening. And then your life blows up and then you get mad at God. See, God doesn't give you the whole picture at one time. A lot of times what he gives us is what's way down the road. And what we think is the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, but God doesn't always go that way. He'll zigzag back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you're like, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? I can see it. It's right over there. What are you doing? And God said, you're not ready yet. And if you rush into that right now, you're going to come out of there beaten up, defeated, destroyed. How I many of you know God will delay you, divinely delay you sometimes to bring about his purpose and will? I'm just telling you. I'm trying to give you some wisdom and understanding here. In, in John chapter 10, verse 4, 4 and 11, it says, When he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And then in verse 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And what I've learned in my lifetime is that God always goes before his people. He leads. He does not drive. You need, to, you need to get a hold of this because us and our Western mindset, we don't see it this way. 
And, and even in churches today, people are being taught to jump on stuff and make it happen. And I'm, I'm telling you, if God is leading, you go when God goes. If God is stopped, you stop. When I was a kid, we used to play games outside because we weren't allowed to stay in the house. My mama didn't want seven kids in the house. Besides, it was cooler outside. There was no air conditioning in the house. And one of the games we play outside, get all the kids in the neighborhood together, was Mother May I. How many, anybody know that game? And, I, you know, that's the most unfair game in the world. Because whoever was up there, if they didn't like you, they'd just tell you, no, you may not. <laughs> you know, and just leave you at the starting line. And, you know, one time that happened, and the person in charge says, no, you may not. I said, I'm moving anyway. You're out of the game. You know, I'm like, I don't care. I might as well be out of the game. You won't let me move. You know, but God leads. He does not drive. And, and I have learned the hard way that when I feel like that God has given vision, God's given direction, God's given a word, and I move on it, I push on it, I feel the urgency to go on it, and God hasn't given the go. I'm telling you, trouble times trouble times trouble. Westerners, if, if, you, ever, it's, it's, if you ever watched um, them use sheepdogs to, to herd sheep or cattle, the dogs are pushing the cattle. That's what they're doing by barking and running around. They're pushing the cattle. They're pushing the sheep. They're, they're pushing But shepherds in Jesus' day, they went ahead of the flock. And his voice was familiar to them. And as he moved, the sheep would follow. He didn't have to drive them. He didn't have to say, come on, sheep. He didn't have to get the rod out and beat them and drive them. All he had to do was walk. Why? Because he leads because he knows what dangers are lurking ahead. He knows the safe fruit. He knows where the enemy is lurking and waiting. And so God has a way and understands that the enemy wants to abort the promise of God for your life. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. The Holy Spirit just dropped this in my heart. He wants to, the enemy wants to abort the promise of God in your life. And he will do that by getting you to move prematurely. Now, there's a difference between when God is saying move and you're just planting yourself and, and you're saying to God, move me, I dare you. That's another thing. But for most people, that's not the problem. For most people, it's just the opposite. Jesus told his disciples, follow me. He didn't tell his disciples, go on ahead and I'll follow you. The kingdom of God is built and expanded and grows in a partnership with him. And he, he does not, the Holy Spirit leads, he does not send. Listen to me. Even when you are given a commission, the authority of that commission precedes you. Because, see, some people don't understand that. They say, well, Jesus said go. 
Can I tell you that you can go and miss the timing of the going? And you could be premature and you can be late. And all I'm saying is that you need to understand that following God is not difficult to trying to precede God. Just follow God. Okay? The second thing is, not only does God go before, God goes through. The second thing David tells us is Psalm 68 and 7. He says, oh God, when you went before your people, when you marched through the wasteland. Not only does God go before us, God goes through all the way to the end. He doesn't bring you part way and then drop you like a hot potato. God went through the wasteland. In other words, he, he, he brought them into the wasteland, into the desert, but he stayed with them all the way to the promised land. He's not going to bring you part way and drop you. I know I have felt that way at times. Anybody ever feel that way? God, I thought you said go this way. God, where are you? What's happening? God, I don't understand. And, and, and the thing is we get anxious, and so then we, we, we think, uh, I need to make a decision. I need to do something. No, when God says go, you go. When God doesn't say go, you just stay there. And, and a lot of us have a hard time staying. When God goes before us, he goes all the way before us. That was the point that Moses made in an argument with God when God threatened to destroy Israel and promised to begin a new nation. You remember when he came off the mountain and they were dancing around the golden calf? God was ready to wipe them out. He said, I've had it with these people. I've done this and this and this and this and this and this is how they repay me. And Moses goes before God and he pleads his case. And you know what he says to him? He, he argued, if I get, I say argue, he pleads or argues his case like a lawyer would, okay? And, and, and he reminds God, God, if you destroy these people, then the enemies of the world, the enemies of your doings, your kingdom purpose and everything, they will always argue that you were great enough to get the people out of the bondage of Egypt, but you were not mighty enough to bring them into their inheritance. And when, when Moses pointed that out, then God backed off and said, you're right. Now somebody might think, you mean God made a mistake? No, God was trying to prove something through Moses to help Moses understand something. Because there were times that Moses just got sick and tired of these people. I heard it many years ago when I was in Bible college. I heard a great man of God. His name was Bob Mumford, one of the early teachers in the charismatic movement, still teaches online every day on Facebook to this day. And, um, but I heard him say one time in a message called The Making of a Man of God. And he said, God, I want to be a man of God. Make me a man of God. He was already traveling around the world preaching and teaching the gospel in the early outpouring of the charismatic movement. He was already, in the minds of most people, a tremendous man of God. And God said, give me 20 years and I'll make you a man of God. And I remember thinking at 19 years old, there's no hope for me. If it's going to take 20 years to make this guy a man of God, God's going to need two lifetimes to make me a man of God. I'm serious. I, I, I really, I, I thought that. And I said, 
God, is there any, is there any hope for me? Is, 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 how, can, how can you use me? And God said, you go when I go, and you stop when I stop. And then he said, and don't plant yourself too deep. Now, somebody might find fault with that theory, but you got to remember, it's from glory to glory he's changing us. From this territory to this territory to this victory to this victory to this victory to this victory, and we somewhere along the line, we want to plant ourselves and say, I like it right here. And God says, no, 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 no. I've got more to teach you, but you can't learn it here. You're going to have to go down the road. And, and we dig in our heels and go, this is enough. This is enough. Let, let me tell you, this is not what it's like. This, God always leads us out in order to lead us into something else. He doesn't lead you out just to leave you out there. When he comes into your life, when you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy One comes and lives within you, and he's coming to change some things. The Bible says he's about to rearrange the furniture in your house. Have you ever had a visitor or a guest come into your house and rearrange things? My wife and I went on a trip one time, and my, one of my sisters, I have four sisters, one of my sisters... She is a, uh, um, I'm trying to think of the professional word. She is, do what? No, she's not an interior decorator. She, she helps and she comes in and helps people um, organize. She's a professional organizer. That's what she does. She helps also in liquidating estates and things like that. She's got the patience way beyond me. I mean, I just junk it, you know. <laughs> but she makes a lot of money for these people, and she makes a good living. She's a professional organizer. So she came and stayed in our house one time when my parents were still alive. She came, she said, Bob, I want you and Amanda to go take some time off. I'm going to come down, and I'll watch Mom and Jim. And I said, that's fine. While we were gone, she decided to organize the kitchen and a few other closets. We spent months looking for the sifter, the flower sifter. I'm thinking, I could have gone and bought one by now, you know, but it was like, you know it's somewhere in the house. I opened the door where the plates used to be. Plates aren't there. There's cups. Why are cups here? Where are the cups? I mean, where are the plates? And we're opening this and this. And, and, and in her mind, she was doing good. But if you're organizing and somebody's house and they're not there to see what you're doing, you have no clue what's going on. Well, guess what? When Jesus comes into your life, he's going to start reorganizing some things. He's going to shift the furniture around. In fact, somebody's going to say, you know, I don't even like this. We need to get this out, and we're going to bring this in. And that's what, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's another message for a whole day. But, but see, you have to understand this, that God didn't save you to leave you where you are. 
He, he brought you out of the kingdom of darkness and put you into the kingdom of his eternal son, Jesus Christ. But that's not the end. That's just the starting line. And then he's going to start to lead. And we have to follow. We have to learn to follow. Leadership is his job, and he's very good at it. He knows how much to move, when to move, where to move, and he always sees us through to the end. Listen, when we choose to go into the wilderness without God, that's bad. But when God leads into the wilderness, there's a reason, and you're going to come out stronger. In fact, it says about Jesus that he was in the wilderness 40 days after, the, as, after his water baptism. And that's where Satan came and tried to get him three times to sin. Remember that? And the Bible says then after 40 days without food, he hungered. But it says then he came forth from the wilderness filled with power. God will sometimes allow you to go through dry spells. Because it's in those times that you're going to find out. Not God. God already knows. You're going to find out whether you're really tagged onto him or not. Look, you don't like and dislike God like you do on social media. Oh, today he's blessing me. I like him. This day I feel like he forgot me. I'm unliking him. In fact, I'm just unfriending him. In fact, I'm blocking him. You could try and block God all you want, but the Holy Spirit's still there, and he's still working in your life. God's timing already has a predetermined end, and in today's generation, there is a desperate need for people who have tenacity and dedication and consecration who will say, I began with God, and I'm walking with him now, and I'm going to stay with him all the way to the end. We got too many flaky Christians. If, if it just gets a little tough, they gone. You know? I had somebody one time said, man, the devil seems stirred up around here. And I said, well, that's because the church is stirred up for God. And they actually told me this. Well, call me when things settle down. I said, I don't need your number. Because it ain't never going to settle down. I said, because we're going after God. We're, I said, we're going after God. When you go after God with all your heart, the enemy's not going to say, well, lost that one. No, he's going he's to find the ones that ain't bothering him over here. And I had a, the president of the Bible college said one day, he said, every church has one demon sitting on it. And, and the devil tells them, wait, tell me if they wake up. He said, and when one wakes up, he brings in the artillery. And I'm like, come on. Come on. Come on. Some of you are going through some stuff right now, and you don't know why. I can tell you why. 
somewhere recently, you came before God, whether it was here or at your house or someplace else, and you fell in full surrender to God, and you said, God, I'm yours 100%, 110%. I'm not turning back. I'm not going back. I'll never be the way I used to be. And when that, that word went through the chambers of the kingdom of darkness, all of a sudden the enemy's artillery started rolling your way. And I had somebody recently saying, I just don't understand what's happening. It's like all hell's broken loose in my life. I said, that's exactly what's happening. Because you become a threat. When God leads, he's leading you to a predetermined end. And if you can understand that, I'm just telling you, in Revelation 14 and 4, about the 144,000, it, it says these are those who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. The joy of being led by God is the knowledge that all will come to pass. He never says it came to stay. <laughs> and all this came to pass. In other words, it's a progress. It's a progression. The third thing is that God overcomes hindrances. How many of you have experienced hindrances lately in your life? Some of them are just natural because of the world we live in. But some of them are supernatural. And David said this in Psalm 68 and 8. He said, the earth shook, the heavens also poured down rain at the presence of God. Even Sinai shook at the presence of God, the God of Israel. Deborah, in the book of Judges, chapter 5, verse 4 and 5, in her song, look what she says. She said, Lord, when you went out of Seir, when you marched out of the field of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens dropped. The clouds also dropped water. The mountains melted from before the Lord, even that Sinai from before the Lord, the God of Israel. These two experiences are, are both referenced at in, in the word of God, and there's three things that are applied to it real quickly. And the first thing is that the presence of God causes the earth to respond to God's will. See, when God leads his people through the earth, he's in complete control of all, your, all the earthly things that are happening. This should take away the why is this happening. When we usually say, God, why is this happening? We're usually moaning and groaning about it. What we need to do when things happen, we need to back up and say, God, why is this happening? In other words, show me why this is happening that I might understand your purpose and will in this. But most Christians, no, they're on the, the, the whining and complaining, the woe is me, nobody's seen the trouble I've seen song. And they sing that over and over, and they never understand why what's happening to them is happening. God is doing a work. In Ephesians 1, verse 9 through 11, look what it says. It says, God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. I love it when someone tells you what the plan is. Don't, don't go around in circles. Just tell me the plan. And this is what he says. And this is the plan. At the right time. Turn to your neighbor and go, at the right time. How many of you know the right time may not be your time? God's time and your time are different time zones usually. Not only different time zones, sometimes different months or weeks and even years. 
at the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, he goes on, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Turn to your neighbor and say, he chose you in advance. Oh, come on, you're going to do better than that. He chose you in advance. <laughs> there is never a time that God's people should even think that things are out of control. Holy Spirit convicted me about this this past week. Something wasn't working according to my schedule. I know you've never had that problem. But I was saying, God, this is a hindrance to me. I don't believe you're in this. And the Holy Spirit shot right back. How would you know? You didn't ask me. We just assume. You ever make an assumption that gets you in trouble? No, I have too. There is never a time when we should even think that things are out of control because God is in charge and he knows what he's doing. I say God is in charge and he knows what he's doing. Say it with me. God is in charge and he knows what he's doing. Everything is controlled to help you and I come into our inheritance in God. Political powers rise and fall. Economies may stimulate or stifle our lifestyle. Religious liberty may be given and may be taken away. But none of it is beyond God's control. I'm telling you, if you look at the politics and junk that's happening in our nation today, you'll just get depressed and want to go hide in a corner somewhere. You know what I learned? Get away from it. Turn it off. If you can't deal with it, turn it off. Get with God. But here's what I know. If you'll get with God first, and then that stuff comes on there, the Holy Spirit says, but I'm going to give you a plan how to deal with this. I'll give you a plan how to confront this. I'll give you a plan how to speak up for this. I'll give you a plan how to say something in the workplace. God was in charge of the land. He led them through, and he's still in charge. The second thing is that the presence of God causes the heavens to respond. Not only is he in charge of the earthly things, but the Bible says that Mount Sinai shook, but he says it engulfed the whole congregation. Darkness came over the area, and then lightning began to happen, and fire and smoke and thunder, and all of those things were superseded by the voice of God. And to the people, it seemed like heavens themselves had dropped down to the earth. When just a few days before in the land of Egypt, Israel stood fearfully as God opened the Red Sea. And now they're fearful because they hear some thunder and lightning and see some smoke on the mountain. Listen, when God led them out, God came down between the people of Israel and Pharaoh's army. The sea rolled back. But God came between them. And it said that darkness came upon the Egyptians. But the darkness that was on the Egyptians was light 
for the path of the Israelites to cross over. Well, I love it. When the Israelites, God, Moses says, it's time to cross over. And they're like, the sea's standing up on each side, huge walls. Imagine what that's like. We look at them and go, boy, they were, hey, so little faith. Yeah, well, let's not talk about that little thing you're going through, right? Moses says, pass through. And I, I don't know who was up at the front, but somebody's going, I'll go when you go. You, you take the first step. I'm behind you, brother. Brother, you're so far behind, I can't even see you. And, and God says, well, they're not, they don't have enough faith in me to trust me. So the cloud lifted. All of a sudden, they saw Pharaoh's army. And they had enough faith that, that Pharaoh would destroy them if he caught them. That, then they had the faith that God would get them through. Can I tell you something? God will allow some things to happen in your life that you don't understand because you haven't had enough faith to trust him. But you got more faith in what's going to happen if you stay where you're at. And he'll work a circumstance of some kind that you've got to move off of that thing. And then when you get through on the other side, you know what happens? When the sea came down, Pharaoh's army drowned. Miriam got all the women together and their tambourines, and they start dancing about all the, how great Moses was and how great God was and how great all this was. And God's thinking, yeah, if I hadn't given you a peek of what was coming, you wouldn't have moved. Some of you are looking at me like, what is he talking about? I'm just telling you, the book of Hebrews, I want you to see something. Even in this moment of fear, when they fled because of Pharaoh's army, look what the book of Hebrews says about it. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. I'm telling you, some things will happen to move you that don't look like faith. It's God's prodding. It's God's trying to get you to move. God's trying to get you out of your comfort zone, out of the nest, so to speak. And what the enemy means for harm, God means for good. And if he has to do it in a unique way because you're hard-headed or hard-hearted or both, he loves you enough that he'll, he'll move you. He'll, give you. he'll give you that prodding. And you're like, okay, okay, okay. But you know what happens the next time when God begins to want to move you, you go, well, I remember when. And when I followed through, he was there. I'll never forget in high school, the summer after high school, my friend and I went down to Port St. Joe, Florida because we were asked by the Methodist church to come hold a weekend to have a thing with a band, a Christian band and everything to win people in their city to the Lord, especially young people. And so my friend Walt and I went down there and God began to deal with us about moving there for the whole summer. Now the thing is that weekend, the Methodist church paid for a hotel for us to stay in. They paid for all our meals and we found that that meant all the milkshakes we wanted at the local ice cream shop. I'm telling you, we lived on a diet of milkshakes. It was awesome. I look back now and say, I'd be sick if I tried to do that. But I'm talking about the homemade kind of milkshakes. 
real ice cream and all the stuff. You know, how you want this one made? Oh, man, it was, you know, like, it's so thick, give me four straws. And, uh, but God began to deal with us about moving down there for the summer. And I remember thinking, God, we, we got support for three days. On Monday, there's no support. What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? Where are we going to stay? And I told this story just a couple of weeks ago, but in it, God had a church service in the Assembly of God Church in Port St. Joe, Florida, during a youth meeting. A lady in the back was sitting in the back and gave a message in tongues with interpretation. If you don't know what that is, that's in the Bible, and it hasn't died, it hadn't gone away. And it's the way that the Holy Spirit can communicate to us. And he says, haven't I promised you haven't I promised you that I will be there for you to meet every need? Have I not? Have I ever failed you? Have I, you know, I mean, like me and my buddy Walt were crying and weeping through the Sunday sermon that night. Pastor's preaching. We're still crying and weeping. Preacher thought he was just preaching a great message. Had us moved by the Holy Ghost. We, we didn't hear a word he said. All we could hear was God's telling us to move down here. And we don't know where we're going to live, where we're going to drink, how we're going to have food or how we're going to eat or put gas in the car or anything else. And I went to the pastor. We went to the pastor and said, we feel like God is saying this. And this message of tongues came in interpretation. And now we really feel like God's saying, but what do you say to that? And he told us two things. He said, first of all, he said, if you guys miss God, God is big enough to pick you up and dust you off. And if your heart stays pure before him, he'll set you back on the right path. He said, but if it is God, he said, get ready, because you're about to experience things you've never experienced in your life before. He said, it'll be the greatest experience of your life. And I looked at my friend Walt, and he looked at me, and I said, that's a win-win. I said, I told him, Pastor, I said, just pray. God's got to talk to my mama. I mean, I just graduated high school like a week and a half before, and uh, so I go drive it three and a half hours home, and I walk in the house. My mama looks at me and goes, when are you leaving? I said, what? She said, the Holy Ghost already told me you're leaving. Oh, mama, God, give it. She said, Holy Ghost said to go. Holy Ghost said to go. I'm telling you, when God says to rise to lead his people through, all the help of heaven is at his command. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews 1 and 14, he said, there are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be the heirs of salvation. How little the church today realizes that God has angels, angelic beings out there who are there commissioned by God to protect us and to provide for us and give wisdom to us. Even if you don't believe that, just go read Daniel. I'm just telling you, these angels are the messengers of God. God controls the earthlies. God controls the heavenlies. And God takes everything else and deals with it. And the last thing I would tell you is that the presence of God liberates us from the shackles of religion. David said Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God. And Sinai always speaks of the law, the tablets of stone. Later, it would include the hundreds of regulations that were there. And today, it's the law of religion. We try harder. We work harder. We're going to do better. I'm, I've heard people come and pray. Lord, I'm going to pray harder. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to give more. I said, God's not interested in that prayer. All he wants to hear is, God, I'm yours, 100 I'm yours. I'll go where you go, and I'll stop when you stop. That's all he wants. 
God's laws were never intended to drive a wedge between us and him. But when you experience Jesus, he's going to bring change in your life. There's an old song they used to sing, I'll follow wherever he leadeth. What's the next verse? Somebody help me out. Anybody know it? What is it? Yeah, there's, it, that's, well, I just remember this part. We kind of changed the second verse, and he said, I'll follow wherever you leadeth, and I'll swallow whatever he feedeth. <laughs> it may not sound good, but it's good theology, I'm telling you. Because if you decide to follow him, he's going to come and change your life. I want to pray right now. I feel like the Holy Spirit has been speaking to some people here this morning. And you're in a place right now. For some of you, you're in that place because you got ahead of God. Or you just went on your own way. And God loves you so much that he allows you to do that because somewhere along the way you'll have a day of reckoning, a day of awakening where you'll understand how much he has for you and how much he loves you. And God's word to you is come back. Right now, come back. Come back. You may be sitting out there this morning and you once went after God with all your heart but somehow you've gotten off the path. It's because you went down a path he wasn't leading you on and now you find where you are. God wants to restore your life. He wants to restore the plan and purpose for your life right now. Right now, I'm going to ask you to be very bold. I'm not going to ask you to bow your heads. I'm going to ask you to simply, right now, if you say, hey, Pastor Bob, you're speaking to my heart. The Holy Spirit's speaking to my heart. Would you pray with me? I'm going to ask you to simply raise your hand high. Raise it up really high. I want to pray for you this morning. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Look what God's doing. Look what God's doing. He's bringing them back. I said he's bringing them back. With open arms, he's ready to receive.
right now, right where you're at, you know who you are. You know the condition of your soul, your spirit. I'm not judging you. You raise your hands. Would you pray with me right now, right where you're at? And I mean, the words are not the, the important part is the heart, the, the heart behind the prayer. Would you pray with me right now? Dear God in heaven, I call out to you this day and I find myself on a path that I know is not you. Forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for my rebellion. Forgive me for being so hard-hearted. Here I am right now. And Jesus, I give you all of me. I hold nothing back. Would you say that last part again? I hold nothing back. I give you all of me. God, I can't fix where I'm at. I can't make it right. But you can. I surrender to your will. I surrender to your plan. Receive me now. I ask in Jesus' name. Now, Holy Spirit, you know who those individuals are. And I pray that you would bear witness in their hearts right now. Let it bear witness in each and every one of their hearts. Those hands that went up all across this building right now, you know who they are. God, write it down in your book right now. And help them to understand <clears throat> that you're coming to make some changes. You're coming to rearrange the furniture. You're coming to straighten some things out. And some of it may be delightful, and some of it may be not so much. But it's your purpose and your plan that you're working in their life. Holy Spirit, let them know that right now. Let them know that right now. <laughs> wow. It was the story of the prodigal that comes home. And the best part of that story is not that he came home, but that the father every day is looking down the road because he's got an expectation. One day they're coming home. One day my son who was dead is coming home. He's coming home. He's coming home. He's coming home. I hear the voice of the Holy Ghost right now say, they've come home they've come home church can you give them 
clap of praise. They've come home. Hallelujah. Come on, stand on your feet together. I belong to you. I belong to you. Nothing can take from me my destiny. And I belong to you. And I belong to you. Come on, everybody sing that right now. I belong. I belong to you, Jesus. To you. I belong to you. I belong to you. Nothing can take from me my destiny. I belong to you. I belong to you. Let me say something about those words right there. God has a destiny for you. He has a purpose for you. You don't even know what it is yet. I'm telling you, there's so much God has in store for you. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. doesn't matter. He has a destiny. And, and nobody can take that away. But you can turn and walk away from it. But why would you want to? Why would you want to walk away from what God has for you? Where he leads, I will follow. Say it with me. Where he leads, I will follow. The old song says, though none go with me, still I will follow. I hope that becomes your marching orders, your marching song as you leave this place today. Where he leads me, I will follow. If nobody else decides to go, I'm going to follow him anyway. Because there's not any place I'd rather be than in his presence. Lord, in your presence, where your presence is, that's what I want. Oh, God. Oh, take what I have. I'll change who I am. I belong to you, Lord. You know the enemy can't take what I have. I'll change who I am. I belong to you. You know the enemy can't take what I have. I'll change who I am. I belong to you. There's some of you out there right now that the enemy's whispering in your mind. It's too late. What God had planned for you is too late. You blew it too many times. He needed you to make a decision a long time ago. And you've blown it time and time and time and time and time and time and time again. And now it's too late for you. That message might work for someone else, but not for you. I don't know who you are, but that's a lie from the pit of hell. 
Because my God is a redeeming God. He has a way of doing in five minutes what normally might take five years or 10 years or 15 years. God can buy back. God can redeem that time. If you'll just let him, you'll surrender to him. I'm telling you, it's like going through an accelerated education class. You better get ready. You better strap yourself in because God says, I got something for you. It's so big, but now we're gonna now we're gonna put it in overdrive. How many are ready for God Man. to put it in overdrive in your life? Say, God, Man. here I am. Do everything you gotta do, however you gotta do it, and God, I won't complain. Oh, did I say that? God, I won't complain because I know that you're working all things together for my good according to your purpose in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Take what I have. I'll change who I am. I belong to you. Yes, Lord. You know the enemy can't take what I have. I'll change who I am. I belong to you. Oh, I belong to you. And I belong to you. And I belong to you. No one can take from me my destiny. And I belong to you. And I belong to you. And I belong to you. And no one can take from me my destiny. I belong to you. And I belong. You're right. Yes. I don't know you. I don't know your name, but as I looked at you, the Holy Spirit said, tell her I know her name, and I have a purpose for her life that she cannot even see. It's like you're looking through a window that's been tainted so dark that you can't see, but God said, if you could see from my side, you'd see what I can see. It's not by accident you're here this morning. God has a purpose and plan for you. He said, go after him with all your heart. Go after him with all your heart. Go after him with all your heart. Jesus, just bless her right now. God, let her walk out of here with the guilt and the condemnation and the shame on her life. Thank God that she's nothing. The enemy's lied to her for so long. God, she is in your eyes a precious gem and you have a purpose and a plan for her lord let her know when she walks out of here without a doubt she belongs to you you've written your name on hers and then you put your hand on her and you put your spirit in her in jesus name
in Jesus name in Jesus name oh. in Jesus name yes Lord Woo. man amen amen oh, yeah. uh, well I guess I better let you go so you can come back I, I'm, re I'm ready to take off right now. <laughs> you better get fueled up. Come on back. I'm telling you, we're going to enter in the presence of God tonight. Amen. We're going to say, come Holy Spirit. Come Lord. Send your fire. Send your fire. Come Lord. Send your fire. How many of you are ready for Holy Ghost fire to come Amen. in your life? Father, I dismiss these people in the name of Jesus. As they walk out of this place, let them see themselves as a part of the army of God. That they're on a mission because you're the commander. And they take orders from you. When you say go, they go. When you say stop, you stop. When you say turn, turn. When you say speak, speak. In Jesus' name, I now release them on an unsuspecting world. Let the glory of God go before them. And the favor of God rest upon each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.